In episode 44, our Thanksgiving edition, we have a special guest joining us, Pastor and Professor Andy Hudson. We have a sports-themed Say What battle and prayer-focused Amen battle. Andy will share his testimony. Uh, Jeremy will lead us in a calling your shot, focusing on our favorite college holiday memory or experience. Ryan will lead with one of my favorite uh, segments, Truth and Tunes Trivia. And Andy will wrap us up uh, the focus on prayer in Fix Your Eyes. Welcome to Six in the Mix. A band of brothers talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Join us on our journey. Welcome to episode 44 of Six in the Mix. As a reminder, please drop comments and topic suggestions uh, onto the Facebook page. Uh, That's how a lot of our uh, topics and and ideas have come about, and we certainly love to hear feedback on that. Uh, You can also catch our videos on YouTube, and if you enjoy the podcast, would you share it, subscribe, uh, like it. Uh, We would enjoy uh, being able to share uh, laughs, uh, but uh, really encouragement uh, from a spiritual nature as we focus our eyes on Christ, uh, which is really what uh, what it's all about. So, all right. Well, we've got a special guest. Uh, We welcomed uh, our first guest on the podcast. As you guys will recall, about a year ago, my brother came on, um, and that was enjoyable, and we've had a couple since. But um, we've got Andy Hudson, which we are all really excited to have you, Andy, uh, join us. Thanks. Uh, Yeah, I think it's going to be great. And and really, just briefly, how this came about before we get into the podcast is uh, we've been doing prayer focus for several episodes and during the first episode, we kind of shared what our, uh, our thoughts on prayer. And actually, Andy's wife, Deb, had reached out to us and said, hey, some of the thoughts you were sharing really reminded me of my husband's views on prayer. And you know what? It hadn't really connected with me that, you know, when I shared it uh, and when we shared it, that that was coming from, you know, Andy's teaching back when we were in college. But it really just spurred in my mind. That is right. You know, the importance of people pouring into our lives. And so uh, I, I had it in my mind um, that I, I wanted to, to see if Andy would come and, and join us on the podcast and, and wrap up our focus on prayer. And we're just delighted to have you. Uh, thanks for uh, being with uh, this group of goofy guys and, uh, and joining us. We look forward to see what God uh, has laid on your heart to share with us and, and also to have uh, a few laughs along the way. So again, that's, that, that's why Andy's here. Um, and uh, it's, it's just going to be really great. So, all right, gentlemen, guys, we're into the, we're going to do the week that was It's going to be heavily, uh, heavily focused on some battles. Uh, so we've got a say what battle and um it's, it's sports related. And it, this one is kind of like, I'm kind of morphing this one into it, maybe not a say what battle, but a do what battle, you know, my Minnesota Vikings um, are doing pretty good. We're five and five. Uh, we're right in line with my Super Bowl prediction. Uh, we're getting there, but uh, the Vikings more often than not have kind of, you know, tore our hearts out. And so I kind of laid out uh, some of the most maybe gut wrenching or like what in the world were you thinking moments in Vikings history, at least, uh, during my lifetime. And so I've got a little montage to start us off. And I, I, I need you guys at the end, obviously, to vote on uh, which, which, uh, which, which, of the, uh, which of the do what uh, scenarios were, was the absolute worst or most frustrating, uh, confusing to you. All right. So here we go. We've got the say what slash do what battle. What? Side wars! Blair Walsh from 27 yards left hash. 
Snap good, spot down, Walsh's kick is up, and it is no good, he missed it! Are you kidding me? The season can't end like that! He missed it left! Clock continues to run, PA. 17, 16, 15. See, they have to go deep into the end zone. We better put some people in the end zone, right, Joe? That's exactly right. I mean, Get there's nobody there. inside the 10. Get back, Here guys. it is. The season's on the line. Two receivers left and right. McCown takes the snap. He steps up. He's all by himself. Fires into the end zone. Caught! Touchdown! No! No! The Cardinals have knocked the Vikings out of the playoffs! You can't be serious, man. You cannot be serious! Let's put him away. And they have an opportunity here with Gary Anderson to put this game out of reach. This is the perfect way to end it. This is a slam dunk. Anderson has been automatic all season long. He's been perfect on field goal attempts and PATs. Placement, the kick. It is no good. Unbelievable! I don't believe what I just saw. I don't believe what I just saw. Brett Favre goes back to pass. He pumps. Now he fires over the middle. Intercepted. I can't believe what I'm seeing right now. It was intercepted by Tracy Porter. Near side to the 40. And John Sullivan runs him down at the 47-yard line. You've got to be kidding me. I can't believe what I just saw. Looking at that play, he should have just held on to it, Paul. He should have. He could have easily gotten five or six yards if he would have just pulled that thing down and dove forward. But why do you even ponder passing? I mean, you can take a knee and try a 56-yard field goal. This is not Detroit, man. This is the Super Bowl. Inconceivable. 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 Absolutely, totally, and in all other ways, inconceivable. All righty, gentlemen. Which was the craziest moment out of those four? Those all just rip your heart out, don't they? I mean, <laughs> and those are just like any better. Those are like the tip of the iceberg. I feel like there's so many more <laughs> options you could have even added in. Which which uh, one would you have which one would you have added in, Ben? That comes your well, mind. Well, I suppose they're more regular season heartbreaks, but just yeah. uh, Monday night football game against the Packers where it bounces off. The oh, guy's back. He catches the ball. I mean, that's that was right. a backbreaker. It just right. That's yeah. the one I was thinking of. I was just thinking of that one too. <laughs> oh, brutal. wasn't that Fred Smoot who was guarding him? Probably was it Fred was that, Smoot. Was that pre or post Love Boat? I think it was no. I think it was pre. pre. But I think it was Fred Smoot who. Uh, oh. Yeah, because he up. well, whoever it was, he got up and and started cheering like we yeah. we had we had yeah. stopped him or won the game or yeah, or the something like still that. flopping around and. Yep, he gets up and runs it in the end zone by our two guys cheering. It's just classic. It's classic. Yeah, I mean, you, you could have really included almost every game this year so far in your montage. Right, I, right. I think about all of the close games that we, we should have won this year. But if you were to ask me to pick one out of that whole group, knowing that we just are not, we'll say it this way, we're not blessed when it comes to kickers being clutch. 
So I'm going to, I'm going to go with the Brett Favre pass and I'm going to say that one is probably the most perplexing. Yeah. With Longwell, you know, ready to rock it and, and yeah. no doubt he would have put it through. Yeah. I mean, you, you, you live and die with Brett Favre, the gunslinger, but there were just so many better options uh, than what he did um, to, and that, that was right before our, that would have taken us to the Super Bowl, right? That was the NFC championship. That's correct. Yeah. So yep. yeah, just like the, the Falcons, Gary Anderson, miss. it's just unfortunate. Well, and the play right before that was the 12 men in the huddle. Right. So, I mean, yep. it would have been even that much easier five yards closer of a field goal potentially mm-hmm. if we would have gained nothing. Yeah. Classic. Just... <laughs> so it was, was the one with Gary Anderson kicking the field goal. What was that? Was that in 1998? Did I see the clip there that said 1998? Because yes. I believe I remember that game watching it in the dorm at Pillsbury. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Because I, I didn't get to go, you know, places I, I had to stay there and it was, it was that Sunday. And I remember there was a, there was always a good group in that second story dorm room watching mm-hmm. that game. And I remember like there being near, near people near jumping out the windows i mean it was so stinking (laughs) there was so much anger and hostility in that in that room there was a ping pong table there was a pool table there were a few other things that didn't have items returned the same way after that after that game because of of just some straight up anger and i remember it was that was kind of one of the first times i was like man these people here do bleed purple and gold. I mean, it is really a legitimate thing. And I was just getting introduced to Minnesota sports, but for me, it was, it was that one just because I re, I recall that specifically watching it with Viking fans and you know, that was not a good day. <laughs> <laughs> Any other thoughts yeah, I, on which one stuck out to you? Hands down, hands down. It was that uh, Gary Anderson missed field goal. Uh, wow. I mean, that team was just so good, too. They were good. Randy Moss, Chris Moss, Carter. you the, had everybody. I mean, that, oh, they were poised to do it. It was so much fun to watch that season. I'll never forget mm-hmm. that season. It was just so much fun to watch. And that game, I remember watching over at uh, my wife's house when before we were married. And uh, her dad had just purchased a big 32-inch TV. You know, that was big. Oh, that was man. huge back then, right? You know, we were, yeah, we were going out. We were all going crazy. We were just getting all ready. And yeah, he went out, got a big screen TV, and we were sitting down watching it, and we were just devastated. And the next morning, um, Jen's family has a lot of family in Wisconsin, are big Packer fans. And so a contingent came down in the middle of the night and put up a banner on their uh on their uh, garage door saying vikings choke or something like that and uh and it was like a mystery of who who did it you know for years and years and years but they finally copped up to it a couple of years ago actually so so yeah it was just that that was just uh that was a, that was a backbreaker yeah i would just say while it wasn't to get to the super bowl that blair walsh miss um the next summer is when Teddy Bridgewater blew up his knee. You know, he had starting to kind of come into his own as a quarterback for the Vikings and started to feel like maybe we've got something here and they were into the playoffs. They're going to go to the next round and then misses the cake kick. And then the next summer, that was the end of Teddy in Minnesota. That's kind of the implications who knows 
what could have happened maybe in the next year, even yeah. after that. But yeah, the look on Zimmer's face in that clip was just priceless. Yeah. Like, <laughs> he's just like, did that? No, that didn't happen. Yeah. <laughs> if you could send somebody into eternity with a look, I think that was probably it. Like, he was, he was so hot. <laughs> Well, then for the next week, everybody on social media was posting pictures of kicking field goals out in six inches of snow in their boots and kicking them through the uprights when Blair can't kick one in. It was so much anger for that one, too. At least it was close, though, right? Yeah. yeah. Couldn't have been much closer. You know, I think it hit the IDS tower, didn't It's fascinating that Minnesota plays well enough to keep people passionate about it. Uh, I grew up in Michigan and you wear bags over your head going to watch the Lions. So yeah, you're conditioned to, oh yeah, there's another one. In, in Minnesota, they do just enough to keep you attached. Yeah, right. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's like, it's like golf, you know, you, you have a, you know, 89 terrible shots and that one shot on the 18th, that's halfway decent. You come back again. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great analogy. Yeah. So. I've seen it referred to as purple purgatory. That's what we live in. <laughs> It's funny you mentioned that, Andy, because I was talking to a, a, a listener who uh, listens uh, occasionally to the podcast, and uh, he's got season tickets to the Vikings, but he always sells his season tickets for the Packer game just because he makes up all that money in, in, in the end for the season anyways, but he hasn't been to a Packer game in, in years. But um, he was telling me, I was, I was like, so what do you think? And he's like, ah, oh, yeah, just leave it. It's, it's just going to be just like the Vikings to win this Packer game on Sunday string us along a little further because if they lose now, then there's no hope. Everybody checks out. But if they win, <laughs> there's still some hope. Nine now. Five. We're in it. We're in the hunt. We all of a sudden uh, miraculously go five and two the rest of the season. We're in the playoffs. You know, that hope is being sold. So yeah, it was just classic, classic Vikings. This is a la the New York giants, uh, from several years ago when they were about a mediocre team and they just got hot at the right time. Um, so I'm, yeah. I'm hoping I'm still alive, boys. I'm still alive. <laughs> so. All righty. Well, Hey, we're going to, we're going to jump into our amen battle this is our second amen battle. Um, and because we're wrapping up prayer, uh, I thought we would have a prayer focus. And so uh, pulled some, some clips from some present day uh, preachers, uh, one from an old school preacher, uh, and then one from a movie. And so just kind of take take a thought, see which one resonates uh, most with you uh, as we kind of uh, start uh, really kind of honing in on prayer as we wrap up that topic. So here is the amen battle. How do you learn how to pray? Read the Scriptures. Read the commands of Scripture. Read the will of God in Scripture. Read who is God in Scripture and read the prayers of Scripture. Read them, meditate on them, study them. Not so that you can repeat them verbatim, but so that you cultivate or develop the mind of Christ. And you begin to think like God thinks. You begin to speak as Christ spoke that it just takes over. You're renewing your mind. You're developing the same way of thinking. And isn't that what it's all about? Amen, amen, amen. Now the true success of any church is going to be prayer. 
We can easily deceive ourselves, but our purity and our power and our spirituality and our holiness will parallel our prayer. If you were to have a graph that businessmen love so well, and politicians, if you were to take a graph and put it up here and have two lines across, across it, zigzag lines, one you mark prayer, the other one you mark spirituality, including purity and power and holiness, spirituality, prayer. You'd find those two graphs, those two lines on the graph, they zigzag a little, but they parallel each other almost perfectly. Because morality will be dependent upon whether I do everything by prayer or whether I think I can do it. I think one of the things in Paul's prayers that is, comes across most forcibly is, is the fact that everything that he's really saying is, is tied to this understanding of the believer's union with Christ. We have been united with him in his death and in his resurrection. Uh, his spirit has been given to fill our lives. And so the riches that are ours in Jesus are actually ours. You've done it again, Lord. You've done it again. You are good and you are mighty and you are merciful. And you keep taking care of me when I don't deserve it. Praise you, Jesus. You are Lord. All righty. Which one of those uh, kind of resonated for you as we're, as we're uh, talking about wrapping up prayer? Well, that war room scene really gets me get gets to, got to me when uh uh in that in, in that in that movie that was that was i always loved i love that that scene is awesome just I don't know. Got, what's got what's the movie i'm i'm lost on that what was the movie uh that's that's war room it's called you know? war room oh. yeah yeah that's the kind of the kendrick brothers jeremy think of like uh courageous and yeah. uh, fireproof right. um yeah. yeah facing the giants uh, yeah, they've got a number. Overcomer, I think, is the, one of their most recent ones. But yeah, War Room. If you've not seen that one, Jeremy, you gotta, yeah, yeah, really, some really good truths on prayer there, for sure. I'll, I'll go with the first one, Brother Washer. Um, I, I guess just hearing the different options we had there, that that one resonated the most with me in terms of um, what what are we trying to accomplish with prayer, which is getting getting to the mind of Christ. Um, I, I think that one was my pick. And I, I certainly appreciate Larnell in between all of them saying amen. <laughs> Don't be it. That, that's always good too. He's my number two pick. <laughs> <laughs> oh, fair. Fair. Uh, Other thoughts? Yeah, I'm with Ryan. I, I, I like washer stuff. Yeah, it's a praying praying the word of God. That's good. Andy, how yeah, about you? I think I'm there too. I like his, uh, the war room quote was good. Yeah, we start by praising God. Uh, but I think that first quote was very helpful. I see a lot of people praying cliche after cliche after cliche because they're not in scripture. They don't have the mind of Christ. You're in scripture. You have endless things to pray about. Uh, that was uh, significant to me. Yeah, that's good.
I liked, uh, I thought Tozer, he's a little bit old school, but yeah, just, just challenging our, our thought. If we think that we're, we're spiritual and becoming more like Christ, but our prayer life is, is, is lower non-existent. Um, that's, uh, that, that certainly should be a real challenge to us. Um, I thought, I thought that that graph was helpful that they kind of, they zigzag up and down there, there's ups mm-hmm. and downs, but they, they parallel each other. That was good. And, um, I, I, I just always encouraged by the war room. One of the biggest things I've got from that and really recently is just being intentional. Um, for me, more, more about a time, not so much like a location, a room per se, uh, maybe that'll come, but just a, a time every day where I'm intentional, I'm going to prayer, not just hoping that'll happen or, Hey, I'll do it on my way to work. No, really carving out that time that's been that's been good to me good for me all right any other thoughts on that prayer focus all right good stuff all right got uh one more a couple more questions uh, kind of more thanksgiving um and, and food related so a you guys have heard about the turkey shortage so my question for each one of you is do you have a turkey and the second the second question is do you have any any odd or different foods that you're going to do this year i think we had a, a similar question last year but is anybody doing something different from a food side um, on that? So uh, Ryan, why don't you start off? Do you have a turkey and uh, anything you're doing differently? Yes, we have a turkey. I don't think we're doing much different when it comes to food. I think it's going to be the standard meat or two, um, several sides and uh, pumpkin pie, pecan pie. I don't actually, I don't think we're going to do pumpkin pie. I think it's going to be, apple, pecan, uh, and chocolate, uh, which the last one was for me, of course, as you can, as yeah, you can only imagine. Of course. So. Of course. <laughs> so if you have a piece of apple, make sure you got that slice of cheddar cheese on top. That'll really, uh, that'll really make oh, it good. How could I forget? And right? milk on the floor, man. Milk on the floor. <laughs> right, Jeremy. I, I like that. Good memory. Good memory. Jeremy, what, what do you got? You got a turkey? Yeah, we have, we actually, I, We've already done one Thanksgiving with my, my wife's side of the family. We're going to go and do another Thanksgiving with my side of the family. So we had two turkeys already. We got two more in the freezer wow. and we'll get some at, uh, at Thanksgiving. So I guess I'm a turkey hoarder. We did That's why there's a shortage. Probably. It's <laughs> right. come to Fond du Lac. I got some in the freezer. <laughs> um, so the one thing that I did different is I, I purchased a smoker um, to, to use. And I smoked and brined our Turkey for last, last week. And it Mm. turned out absolutely fantastic. It was Mm. an unbelievably good taste. And, um, I won't do it every year. And, uh, just because there's some people that really don't like that, uh, you know, mixed with, uh, the Turkey, they, they much rather just the, the actual Turkey taste. Um, but I, I found it to be just wonderful and uh, got some great reviews. So we did that a little bit different. Everything else is the same. Wow. It, Jeremy joins the, the smoking crew. That's oh, awesome, man. It's what type of smoker is it, Jeremy? Yeah, I did. I, I bought a barrel ho- uh, house, the barrel house smoker. So it looks like a 55 gallon metal drum. Yeah. And it has the ability to, you know, have different levels and hang and just um, let sit um, all kinds of different options on that. And uh, it was, it was on super sale. And, um, with, uh, some pastor appreciation money, I decided, Hey, you know what, I'm going to do this. And then for potlucks and other things, we'll, we'll, you know, oh, you'll give, use that. give, give back. So yeah, it's been, <laughs> it's been fantastic. I, I got a lot more friends. I know that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's good. Andy, how about you? Yeah, we have a Turkey already. And, uh, the only thing that we're doing different is we're uh, taking a Christmas morning tradition and moving to Thanksgiving morning. 
my wife always makes monkey bread on Christmas morning, but uh, our son, Jason, some of you remember, he and yeah. his wife uh, are headed to Uganda for a couple of years to do a short-term mission project. Uh, so we won't see them at Christmas. So we're just moving that up. It's the only thing that we're going to do that's different. That's awesome. I, I am not familiar with monkey bread. Can you give me a, a short oh. tutorial on what that is? Oh, oh man, you, you take crescent rolls and add a little bit of sugar and cinnamon and uh, glaze and cook it in the oven. It's just awesome. Yeah, it just pulls apart. So yeah. good. Oh. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, it yeah, sounds like those resurrection rolls that around Easter time, similar yeah. to those. I can't believe none be, of you, you guys told me about monkey bread in college. I, I, yeah. I just do not have any recollection of that. Ryan, especially like you're a yeah. sweet, like connoisseur. Well, exactly. Uh, you're telling me whenever you'd come over to my apartment, looking for something sweet and salty, I never offered you monkey bread for the sweet part. No, you, you offered me a stale little Debbie and some old pretzels, but I didn't, I never had the monkey bread. So. And those may or may not have been in Ethan's fish tank. We don't know. <laughs> oh boy. All right. <laughs> ben, how about you? Uh, we do have our turkey in the fridge already in the thawing stage. Um, yep. We, a little bit different this year, we're going to got, we're going to use one of those outdoor fryers and go for the fried okay. turkey yeah. approach. So I really like oscillate each day with, do I want to try to make it really well, or do I want to try to make a YouTube video of it exploding? And <laughs> I'm really torn to be honest, but option I number think, one, please. <laughs> I think Jill, yeah, Jill will prevail and I will probably try to make it so that it's edible. But um, anyway, so yeah, we've got that. And then I think we're swapping out one of the pies for cheesecake this year. So okay. switching up the dessert a little bit. Cool. Don, how about you? Um, yeah, we got our turkey. Well, I, I don't, we're going to be going over to Jen's parents' house for a uh, turkey dinner. They've got a turkey purchased at uh osseo meets the butcher in town here so mm. they're gonna go pick that bird up on uh, i think tomorrow or wednesday i think it is and then um the big change is is that um uh, the they just sold their house so they're downsizing everything and so we're um we're gonna have thanksgiving over at their apartment and the kids are mm. kind of excited um they got, you know, we're going to have a pool, indoor pool. We're going to have a game room. We're going to have all sorts of kind of fun, of fun stuff to do outside of, outside of the apartment. So, so that's, uh, that's the plan there. That's what's going to be different, I guess, just different, uh, different environments. So it'll be interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So my, uh, our difference at, at, at team toner is actually related to the Turkey. We are not doing Turkey. We took a vote and, uh, they, they, they turned that down and they voted for brisket. So tomorrow I'm going to head to Costco and pick up a brisket Ooh. and we're going to do that all day Wednesday. And we're going to do all basically all the same, all the traditional sides, but there's just going to be brisket instead of Turkey. So uh, really, really looking forward to that. So, so are you smoking that brisket right on the Traeger? Yes. Yes, sir. Oh, oh, what do you, how do you, have you done it before? Yeah, I, I, I did one and I was so, I was so rookie at it that I, I couldn't wait. I didn't let it rest. I like slapped that bad boy on top of the stove, you know, covered in the tin foil and stuff. And I'm like, I got to eat this. And I opened <laughs> her up after 30 minutes and, and it, it was, it was good meat. You know, it didn't, it wasn't, but I, I, I totally missed out. Um, and so, yeah, we're going to do it Wednesday, let it rest covered, wrapped in the cooler all, all night. Um, and then it's going to be, uh, I think we're going to record, we're, we're do some video, uh, evidence of it. So I'm, I'm hoping I, I nail it, 
um, it's either going to show show well done or or not so well done. But I can't wait. Say what? <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't make it on to say what. But amen. So. <laughs> All right. Well, good, good stuff, guys. Uh, yeah, certainly looking forward to the, uh, the holiday uh, coming up this week. So I'm going to turn it over to Don. Well, yeah, six Knicks we're honored to have uh, with us the pastor of Westside Baptist Church in Janesville, Wisconsin, and also a former professor of ours at Pillsbury. Not only then the, uh, the Reverend Andy Hudson. Do you get many reverends? You know, not too many. How about how about vicar? You get a vicar once uh, in a never, while. Never. No, father, proctor. No. Uh, <laughs> it's always no, not, no. <laughs> a straight up pastor. Okay. Well, you know, I just wanted to make sure. I mean, it is Wisconsin after all. Well, I don't know what they say when I'm not there. <laughs> <laughs> well, because you're in Wisconsin, I was I was I was a little nervous because you know coming in with a coming in with a Michigan uh, sweatshirt on, it put my mind at ease, but. Uh, I know that uh, big game, being, you know, big game. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Jeremy uh, knows from Ohio. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We're watching. <laughs> so yeah, you're in Wisconsin now. When you got to Wisconsin, did you have to like exercise any demons or convert any cannibals when you got there? I mean, it says was, it was Wisconsin, so we're a little worried. It's pretty normal. <laughs> yeah. My father-in-law, who is uh, his whole life, eighty uh, some years and. Minnesota said, well, you know, it's okay if you go to Wisconsin, you just can't become Packer fans. That's his <laughs> That's only it. request. That's his only request. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, good. We're glad, uh, glad you're staying true to your roots. Um, now, as I mentioned, uh, uh, Pastor Hudson, he, before he was a sage at uh, Pillsbury Baptist Bible College, uh, Matt and I knew him in, uh, from our fourth Baptist days. He was the uh, seminary student. I believe he started out there at Fourth Baptist Theological Seminary. In fact, his claim to fame was being the husband of the greatest fifth grade teacher of all time. Uh, that would be his wife, Deb. <laughs> and and uh, now, Padre, I was looking at your uh, church website. And, yeah. Which uh, uh, work. Can I give you a tip? Can you include a bio of the pastor's wife? I know you're the big <laughs> ticket and all, you know, you get, you get them to sit, you get them, you get people in the pews but uh you put a splash page up of deb up there you're gonna get some your numbers are gonna go up what what yeah. can we do to get this work in here well, i think you like a, maybe like a short clip of them playing the marimba i mean that would that <laughs> yes that's what, right. fourth yeah. baptist that was the best sunday mornings that was when it. you saw the marimba stage when the like, marimba was up front, you knew the offertory was gonna be lit like you just you just get ready <laughs> you knew your blessing was gonna get blessed oh, i it. tell you exactly oh man you just have yeah. you just have to say that every now and then what, what else can you say all right all right all right i don't kid around okay all right i'm gonna make a note to myself to create a gofundme page for the pastor's wife okay here we go. <laughs> you know the, right, no seriously the, the file you're looking for is on uh, on my computer it just hasn't made it away from the computer oh. the website yet so oddly enough <laughs> oh well if you need some help with that i could certainly uh i could ter- cer- certainly do some edits if you'd like uh send that over to me and I- i'd be happy yeah. to put on some more uh more, more information <laughs> uh, should should i trust you if i send pictures <laughs> probably yeah. not probably not <laughs> all right so all right going back let's get serious i go back to the uh the website baptist church website now i saw for your bio pic you decided to go with the the gray hair bald and the part on the side 
So, so what made you go that route instead of just shaving everything off? Well, you know, uh, I've, I've mentioned that to my wife several times. Oh, okay. And uh, she said, no, it's not time yet. And it's not time. It's not time yet. It's I, not yep. time yet. Yeah, she's got the keys. Yep, she's got the keys. Can't do it then. <laughs> All right. No, now seriously, this time I'm serious. Okay. Yeah, no. <laughs> hey, there's a wolf. Seriously, there's a wolf yeah. this time. <laughs> so tell us your story. What led us to what led you to seminary, being a professor and a pastor? And and don't worry, because uh we got all night. You know, yeah, Ryan, sure Ryan was already planning on calling in sick tomorrow anyway. So it's yeah, right. <laughs> just a normal bunch of white collar workers who pretend to work, <laughs> except for except for Matt. Uh, he he proclaims to be a blue collar guy, but blue collar through and through. Yeah. Yeah. We just we just need him around because our diversity and equity department needs to show him some diversity. So that's why we keep him around. So. <laughs> no, go ahead. What what tell us? Tell us what 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 led you to where you I know from seminary going to fourth baptist theological seminary to to where you're at now i I would love to know yeah i don't know where do you want me to start uh you you know the pillsbury days uh the the lord led me there you know i went off to seminary to uh, to be a pastor that's what i felt uh, god leading me to do through the ministry of uh, the local church that i was in back in michigan and all I knew is if that's what I was going to do, uh, youth pastor, evangelist, I didn't know, uh, you got to go to seminary. Uh, that, that kind of a mindset, not so much anymore. Uh, and, and some of it's regional, uh, but that's what I thought. So I went to seminary and uh, finished my MDiv uh, and went to look for a church and the Lord just closed all the doors. Uh, and it, it, in the meantime, uh, you probably remember Dr. Ed Glennie uh, was around fourth. Uh, he asked me to teach a class for him in the seminary. Uh, that was uh, 1993 after I'd done an MDiv and finished a THM. I said, hey, how about teaching a class? And I just loved it. Uh, and I came home and uh, my wife said, man, you, you really seem to like this. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, I didn't even realize that's a possibility. So, you know, from, from there, uh, I taught there for three years, different classes, pursuing teaching opportunities. And uh, when Pillsbury was going through another transition, uh, you know, I sent my resume down and uh, the Lord just uh, directed and uh, opened up doors for me to go there and had uh, 12 great years of ministry there. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just uh, encouraging uh, to think back all of the folks that went through Pillsbury in that 12 years and where they're at now and uh, you know, all over the world you know, from Togo to uh, Afghanistan until recently, uh, you know, to, to Montana, to, to Minnesota, all over the place. Uh, and just to know that, uh, you know, you got to see a little bit of uh, those students along the way is just encouraging uh, to hear that. You know, if from there, <laughs> you know, we, we left uh, Pillsbury in May 2008. Uh, I spent a year working as a security guard from 10 at night till six in the morning uh, and uh, finished my dissertation for my doctoral degree. Uh, did a lot of editing at two in the morning, so <laughs> probably accounts for the quality <laughs> of it. Uh, yeah, got it done. Uh, but while I was finishing it in that fall, 
Dr. Larry Oates came over to uh, Owatonna and interviewed me because they were going to start a seminary, uh, restart their MDiv program at Maranatha, uh, and uh, interviewed me, uh, seemed to go well, uh, and uh, found out after going and uh, teaching a test class at the, at the grad school that they had at the time, uh, talking to Chuck Phelps, who was the president at the time, uh, they, they uh, offered me a job. Uh, and so we moved to Wisconsin, to, to Watertown. Uh, in uh, the summer of 2009, I immediately started teaching an online class in the summer of 2009 for the Maranatha uh, Baptist Seminary. Uh, taught there for 10 years, had some great opportunities uh, to, to, while I was there. Uh, we ground on the ground floor of the online world <laughs> at Maranatha when few other schools were doing it. Uh, and then uh, the virtual classes. Uh, we we uh, used Zoom. Uh, we used actually used several products and some of them were junk. Uh, I settled on Zoom that seemed to work pretty well and uh, had students from about 15 different countries join classes uh, from Watertown. It was just a great, great opportunity uh, and uh, helpful. Uh, had opportunity to go uh, to a couple places uh, outside of the States to teach during that time. Uh, had opportunity to go and teach at a church in Singapore. Uh, met some uh, wonderful folks there. I learned that, you know, God works in the hearts of people the same in Singapore that he does in, in the States. And I met some, some gracious and wonderful people there. Uh, talked to a woman one time who uh, said, you know, I, I don't feel like I can teach Sunday school because I feel this intense guilt that I, I, I don't read my Bible every day. <laughs> you know, does that sound familiar? <laughs> I said, yeah. you know, and had opportunity to, to say what through, I bet you meditate on it every day. Uh, so you should be able to teach Sunday school. Uh, and then I had opportunity through uh, National Theological College and graduate school uh, to go to Beirut, Lebanon and teach. Uh, and that was a fascinating experience to fly into Lebanon and drive through the Hezbollah part of town. Uh, you know, we went up into a, a mountain at a Presbyterian conference center and, and uh, I, I taught students from Lebanon and Syria. And, and just to see their interest, uh, you know, from uh, probably from age 20 to age 75, there was a doctor from Aleppo, Syria, uh, who just wanted to study scripture uh, and, and I was serious about it. Uh, while I was there, we had some students there from Damascus. Uh, and, and while we were there, middle of the middle of the time I was there, they get word from back in Damascus that uh, anti-government forces are lobbing uh, bombs over the wall into Damascus, and they're landing about a half a mile from the church and about a mile from the wife and child of one of the students sitting in the class and just to see how they respond to that. It's not, oh, we have to go home. Uh, they, they said, okay, after, uh, after seven hours of class today, after we eat, uh, let's have a prayer meeting. And, and, you know, the whole class met and prayed for, for the safety, but they're not, they're not running. Uh, they're, they're not leaving. Uh, you know, I would be terrified if that were my wife and children in that kind of situation, but man, uh, what a testimony of uh, their, their trust in God. Uh, just go to prayer. 
so it's you know we had great experiences uh you know great time teaching primarily in the seminary not so much in the college uh, and i did that for 10 years and towards the end of that 10 years the lord was starting to work in my heart uh to to open me up to other opportunities uh one of the biggest factors in that is uh i I, I had a brother who was a year and a half older than me, uh, and about six years ago now, uh, Thanksgiving time, uh, he died of lung cancer, bone cancer, hmm. you know, it just shook me up, you know, what am I doing? And the Lord just used that to open up my uh, willingness to do something other than teaching again, you know, and, and I told the church here at Westside uh, that... Uh, you know, they say, why do you want to leave teaching after 25 years and, and come and pastor? And I said, well, you know, the Lord has brought me to the place where I'd rather sit down and pray with someone than grade another paper uh, sitting in my office. So, you know, I, I, I wasn't even pursuing this per, per se. Uh, they were, the, the church had a pastor for 41 years uh, and he left uh, and they had an interim pastor and the interim pastor uh, was going to be gone in China. So he said, Hey, can you come down and speak at this church for a few weeks? I'm like, sure I can do that. So I came down and spoke in October, uh, in November, they contacted me and said, Hey, would you be interested uh, in considering candidating to be the pastor of this church? It's like, you know, uh, the Lord is preparing my heart and now seems to be opening this door. So I met with them and interviewed with them. Uh, and uh, candidated in January of 2019, uh, and they voted in, in the beginning of February, uh, extended a call, and I started pastoring uh, in March of uh, the beginning of March 2019 down here, uh, pretty much on weekends because I still had to finish the semester at Maranatha uh, uh, through May. So then on June 1st, I started uh, as the full-time pastor uh, down here at Westside Baptist. Uh, it's been great. The folks have been gracious. Uh, I've have heard very, very few times, you know, that's the way we've done it for 41 years, uh, which is a testament to the, the maturity of the people here. Uh, and, and it's, it's been great. It's been strange, uh, you know, about six months in, uh, six, seven months in, I'm starting to get settled uh, and COVID hits. Uh, and guess what? We can't have in-person meetings. So how are you supposed to do church without in-person meetings? Uh, so we were able to, through one of the uh, guys in the church, uh, get a live stream going in about a week. Uh, and, you know, I thought back and thank the Lord that, you know, for, for about seven of the 10 years uh, at Maranatha, I had to deal with Zoom and I had to deal with cameras <laughs> Uh, and I had to deal with all of that. And, and I, it, it, it got to annoy me a little bit. I just want to go back to where, I, where I'm teaching and I don't have to worry about all this technology. Uh, but you know, the, the, the day that I figured out, oh, we're going to have to live stream, we have to figure out cameras. I thought, oh, thank the Lord. I have, this isn't new. It's not brand new. I'm not figuring that part of it out. Uh, so the Lord just even prepared in that way. Mm -hmm. So, and, and uh, uh, Deb just loves, uh, my wife just loves uh, being a pastor's wife. She's doing a great job. Uh, she's got a, a ladies Bible study. Uh, and this fall, there are about 40 ladies uh, that are coming. She splits it into three groups. 
she's uh, this fall started teaching a couple days a week at a Christian school in town. Uh, so we're just uh, enjoying the ministry down here. Uh, and the Lord's been good to us along this path. Oh, we, we never would have imagined uh, that this is where we would be. Uh, back when I was uh, a student at Pillsbury back in the 1980s, uh, we would, I would drive from Michigan uh, to Owatonna and how about halfway was Brilliant. Wisconsin. So we stopped here. Uh, uh, you know, every time we travel back and forth, this is the stop for gasoline and get something to eat. And, and I thought, Brilliant. An interesting little town. And, uh, and, uh, and then, you know, 40 years later, uh, here I am uh, being a pastor in this little town. It's just amazing how God uh, directs the path along the way uh, to, to things that you never would dream that you'd be doing hmm. and never think you'd be capable of doing. Right. Yeah. Well, uh, that's awesome. Boy, thanks for, thanks for sharing that testimony. We look forward to, we're going to hear more from, uh, from Andy as he, as he gives us some thoughts on prayer later on, but uh, now I'm going to turn it over to Jeremy for calling your shot. Yeah, so tonight we have a little uh, different calling your shot again. We're going to look back to Pillsbury uh, specifically and look at our favorite holiday memory. And so that kind of leaves it wide open from Thanksgiving to maybe through the new year. And so I, I know this, uh, this agenda item has been out there for all of us to, to see for a while. So maybe the uh, wheels have been turning as it were. So we're going to start with Matt. Um, and I know you're probably locked and loaded for this. So we'll let you kick it off with your favorite Pillsbury holiday memory. Sure. I actually had to work a little bit, a little bit hard on this. Uh, you know, for me, the holidays uh, were very much family oriented. So my first memory, like when I started thinking back at Pillsbury, like during the holiday times was the anticipation of the Thanksgiving or the Christmas. That was like the first thing. So I'd, I had to work a little bit and I was trying to think, man, what, what things did we do? Uh, one, one that sticks out is uh, when I was a freshman, the uh, Christmas concert was, was something that I'll remember. I got a chance to sing, uh, 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 was, it, was it a trio with Don and Kelly? Um, we, we were like shepherds and uh, I really enjoyed that. That was, I mean, I, I was, I mean, those are two, the two, I got to sing with the veterans, with the, with the, with the guys that are like the greats and, you know, just this little, little lanky freshman, you know, what's he doing here? Um, it was real, it was really cool. And I, I just, I really enjoyed um, being able to participate in the music ministry uh, there. Um, and then, you know, it's, it's kind of linked to Pillsbury, but I think, you know, Jeremy, when, when you uh, worked it out for us to go to uh, Ohio, and spend that Thanksgiving with your family. Like there's no way that would have happened without Pillsbury, right? We're all there. Oh, man. Like that trip, and we've we've recounted this many times, but uh that's a huge holiday memory, you know, just driving there and you know, hitting all the, the tire treads on the way and seeing Jeremy get out and you know, like Tomahawk the tire tread, <laughs> so frustrated to hit his, his his nice old mobile. Uh, but just the great times that we had, you know, heading out to Ohio, that that, that was a fantastic memory uh with, with some great friends from college. Yeah. Let me just tell you that my, my, when, as long as my grandmother was alive, she would always ask about all, all my buddies and my dad, I think enjoyed that more than, than any of us put together. He, mm. he didn't let on necessarily that at that point, but every time we'd get around Thanksgiving, he, he would name all of, all of our friends, you know, by name. Mm. And uh, it just, it was, that was a great, that was a great time. So yeah, that was good. Yeah. Well, good, Matt. Uh, we'll go to Don. I see his smile, and uh, I know he's got some stuff cooking up. We'll see uh, what it is. <laughs> I, I don't know. That, that 
I, I was going to mention the same thing. That trip down to to Ohio was probably the tops for me. That was that was just fantastic. I, I yeah, so many memories just playing. Uh, we uh we almost all of our friendships almost ended during our, our game of uh, uh, risk. Yeah. yeah, and then uh, and then yeah, it was just so much fun. We just had so much fun. Yeah, do you get, do you guys remember? And, do you remember on that trip when we when I looked in the newspaper to try and go to that we tried we we're gonna go to a hockey game I think yeah we drove to the stadium downtown nobody Bay was Flyers, there parking lot empty and do you remember there was a door open and we went inside that yep. stadium and there's the Dayton Flyers Division One team practicing we go That's in and sit, right we sat that down much, and watched yeah. it and they were all looking at us like. Who in the world are you guys? <laughs> no security touched us. We just uh, got up and walked out. Anyway, what a time. What wow. a time. All right, Andy, how about you? Any uh, any Pillsbury holiday memories that come come your way? Oh, man. You know, I'm on the other end of the uh, perspective here because you guys are heading off on the car for a fun trip. I'm looking at taillights going, staying in, in town. Uh, yeah, but there's a couple things that... Uh, that come to mind. One is, you know, all the times uh, around Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, doing the with that Bible study that we had in our basement. Uh, just awesome memories uh, you know, with the students uh, coming to that Bible study, sharing the things that they're thankful for, uh, talking about uh, their Christmas uh, traditions and things like that. It's a, it's a joy. The, the other thing that comes to mind is, I don't know if they did this while you guys were on campus, but there were a couple of years that uh, they, they uh, coerced or at least encouraged the, the students to decorate their rooms yes. and they opened oh, yeah. the dorms for uh, people That's to walk right. through. And it, you know, it was fascinating uh, the differences between walking through the girls dorm and the guys dorm, <laughs> looking at the decorations and the cleanliness and the odors. Uh, so yeah, that's a distinct <laughs> memory. <laughs> that's yeah, right. That, 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 you took that. That is where I was going with mine. And I'll, I'll share a couple of other things, but that is exactly. And do you remember? It was white glove. It was yeah, white glove. Yeah. Brilliant. Excellent. Excellent memory. That is fantastic. All right, Ben, it's uh, your, your turn. Yeah, I totally remember the open houses and being around Pillsbury my entire life. I remember going up with my parents, um, with my mom working there throughout a couple decades worth of the open houses and little cookies and and seeing some of the big cool college kids when I was a middle schooler and that kind of stuff. So I definitely remember that. I would also say as I, with um, my wife's uh, interest in music, I've really grown in my appreciation for music. And I think back to those Christmas concerts and other concerts that were had at Pillsbury and, and it was the, the holiday music it, it's one of the biggest things I look forward to every year is, you know, I'm, I'm usually the guy who starts playing the Christmas music way earlier than I'm supposed to. And, you know, the school where my kids go, they, they do a, a couple special traditions every year at their Christmas concerts. And so those Christmas concerts, even though I wasn't ever in the choir, I think I've, I, my appreciation for those things has grown over the time that I've been out of college. So I, I really enjoy those kind of things now in the settings I'm in and appreciate the fact that they were around when I was at school and that we were 
I think we were required to go to the Christmas concert. So I'm glad that we were um, back at that time. So <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Couldn't leave campus without going to that. <laughs> All right, Ryan, how about you? Well, not surprisingly, I will agree with Matt and Don and being able to go to your house in Ohio was just um, ultra memorable. Um, you know, it's, it's sometimes it's tough to be away from, from family for some of these holidays, but, you know, with, with good friends who are like family, um, that was, that was a great, a great fill in. And just thinking back, I don't know if you all remember this, but we were packing in your car and there were, I think four of us guy, five guys and your sister Sharon. Yeah. Right. It was, yeah. It was and, yeah. that tiny little was, car. Yeah. And it, it was cold, but I was in the back seat. I think I was eating banana bread and I think I had to like, it was so hot. I was like, pulling my shirt off wasn't yeah, it yeah yeah you were you were declothing yeah it was sharon yeah, in the front seat well she yeah, yeah she was, was in the front fantastic. so she didn't see anything but i was yeah. really it was so hot all that banana bread it was just a bad combination <laughs> so um and then yeah you you and your tire treads jeremy i mean i'll never forget your battles with tire treads they were just they were just constant it was an it ongoing was. battle <laughs> right <laughs> and and um just as I think about that and just being able to turn into Terrell Owens when we go outside to play uh, football, that was a lot of fun. I, I really enjoyed doing that. And uh, what else? I, I will say this. When I was at Pensacola Christian for two years and um, the difference is when we looked at going home for Christmas, it was like we were all looking forward to jailbreak. Uh, Pillsbury, it wasn't the same. You know, it, it, it wasn't the same. Oh yeah, I can't wait to get out of here. Um, but the holidays around Pillsbury with, with closer friends, a more balanced philosophy. Yeah, it was, it was just a great time. Hmm. That's good. Well, many, many of you guys have mentioned the tire treads for our listeners sake. I, we were driving down I-65 trying to, trying to get home. Dayton, Ohio was home. So we're driving behind a semi and the back tire tread of the semi ripped off and just crushed the front um, driver's side part of my car. And it, it just like completely destroyed the, the front headlight. So anytime I was driving, the headlight was just shaking like crazy and it would just drive me nuts. And then I lost the tire tread off my tire. So it, it just kept, it was just tread after tread after tread anyway. But no, yeah. no, but uh, before we get off that, the greatest thing was after, like it was like the third or fourth thing where we engaged with the tire tread and his yeah. car took the yeah. brunt of it. Jeremy got out, like I said, and he picked up the tire tread and just started beating up the tire tread. And I'm like, yeah. Jeremy, there's metal in there, man. Watch your hand. And he's slamming it on the ground on the side of the highway. I'm like, I was Jeremy, settle down. You were I loved, upset. I loved the car that I was, yeah. and it was given to me. Yeah. And I just, yeah. I hated the fact that it had this black streak all the way up and down <laughs> the front of the car. And it was yeah, I, I probably didn't have a great testimony, but anyway, so I decided to stay off of that trip for my, my most memorable um, thing, because I, I figured that that probably would show up. Uh, my most memorable thing was, uh, as Andy said, the white glove and, and the open houses and going in. So my freshman year, okay, I was, I was heavily under the wing of, of some that were older, one who is named Bob, I'll leave, the, I'll leave his last name out of it at this moment. But, but Bob prepared me for this particular event. And he's like, it's the only time that we get to go in the, the 
ladies dorms we get to walk through all their rooms we get to hang out a little bit there's there's staff all over the place so you know it's all up and up and he said just take your time just enjoy it and he said you know i take the opportunity this is this is bob speaking he's like i take the opportunity and just hug everybody and you know it's just a wonderful time and i'm like okay whatever so we get going and, and i'm following him and we're walking through the guys dorms and we had we had a great uh, friend group he's hugging everybody and then we come downstairs to the dp which is the bottom of the girls dorm and there's a couple of staff members and one of them was a a lady by the name i think i have this right but her name was mrs lap do you remember the laps at all mm. they were they were uh professors um, he taught a couple of Bible classes. Um, he was a real tall guy. And clap. Then, clap. clap, clap. That's it. That's it. Okay, clap. so I got it wrong. Clap, yeah. <laughs> it claps. It was Mrs. Clap. Sorry. So Bob goes okay. over to Mrs. Clap and says, "says Watch this." And he goes over to her and gives her this great big hug and then kisses her right on the cheek. No, and she like looks at not. him, and she's like. And she kind of smiled and then she, she didn't know what to do. And, and Bob's like, okay, now it's your turn. I'm like, I can't do that. I can't, I'm doing that. He's like, no, seriously, just, just, you know, and, and so being the, you know, young freshman that I am, I'm not going to disappoint. So I, I walk right over and I said, ah, so I gave her a hug and kissed her at the same cheek. And she just, she just about all off and slapped me there with a bunch of people just dying laughing. I mean, dying. I'm like mortified. I have no clue what I just done, but Mrs. Clapp got two smooches on the cheek that. So there's my, there's my Pillsbury holiday memory. What in the world? Anyway, <laughs> trying to trying to wash that from my mind, but it's it's etched. It's etched. Yes, so, I, echo, I echo what Ben just said. What is going on here? <laughs> wow. Oh, so anyway, well, there you go, folks. You've heard you've heard quite a few memories from us, and I'm sure those listening that went to Pillsbury have a whole bunch more that could go on. Uh, but uh, glad for this fun and this joyful opportunity. So, all right, I'm gonna throw it over to Ryan. Oh boy. Oofta. Right. Well, let's uh, head into this week's edition of T-Cubed Truth and Tunes Trivia. Uh, nice to have uh, Ben here with us tonight and Professor Hudson. So this should be, we've got some more competitors in the field. Um, and so I'm, I'm excited to put together four questions. As you know, this is in a Jeopardy style format. Our maestro will kick in the music shortly and uh, you need to answer in the form of a question. So I will give you a statement and uh, you ring in with your name and I will call on you. You'll get about five seconds. And uh, if you don't get it, we'll, we'll move on from there. Did I explain the rules fairly well, guys? You're okay. Good. All right. Not, not well enough to uh, get a hug and a kiss on the cheek, but <laughs> nonetheless, nonetheless. <laughs> hey, the good news is, Jeremy, the claps were missionaries. So that yeah. might have been culturally acceptable in whatever country yeah. they came from. Well, I don't know. It was not my culture coming from Phoenix, and I definitely don't think it was Minnesota culture. So I think we were cross-cultural for sure in that, in that moment. They were from, they were in Spain and then Uruguay. So Uruguay, that's they right. They would have it was been Uruguay. familiar. Perfect. I guess. I guess. Yeah. Okay. So, well, that helps. Yeah. It felt right like home. Yeah. <laughs> the spirit leads. Great. <laughs> 
We'll play. All, we'll play. <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to start off with uh, question number one. And um, so the first two questions are going to be tune related. So Maestro, is this where you don't want to play tunes or would you like to play tunes? To yeah, thank, the... no, no, no. I, I don't want to even the playing field. I want to have an okay. advantage. Sounds good. All right, here we go. Your name is your buzzer. Question number one. In another language, the title of this hymn is Nundankel Ale Gott. Jeremy. Jeremy. This is going to be wrong, I think. Silent Night. Incorrect. Can you repeat the question? I will. Hold on. Let add, me open my Google Translate, then repeat. The question, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> I will repeat the question, and uh, there's also more to the question. So Jeremy, oh. Jeremy came in, and I wasn't quite done with all my info. Oh, so here we go. <laughs> Sorry, thanks for Jeremy. the thanks for the extended pause. <laughs> <laughs> all right, here we go. Uh, from another language, this hymn is titled Nundankel Ale Gat, and whose lyrics in the second verse say, and free us from all ills in this world and the next. Jeremy. Nope, sorry, bud. It's <laughs> <Yes>, already <laughs> tried, buddy. I know, I know it. This is what kicks <laughs> me off. <laughs> Oh, I can I can sing the two, and I can't uh, I can't play I can't think of the name. Don. Don. Oh, what is God rest you, very gentlemen? Oh. Incorrect. I I will ask the question Ooh. one more time with a third piece of information to add on. What? <laughs> yes. It's like wow. Okay. Patience has its virtues, right? Okay, good. Amen. Amen. It's like the uh, tire treads flying again. <laughs> oh, they're, they're flying. <laughs> Incoming. Uh, I, I'm not, listen, this oh, third boy. piece of information probably won't help, but it, it's going to be out there. <clears throat> this hymn in another language is Nundanko Ale Gat, whose lyrics... <laughs> From the second verse, say, and free us from all ills in this world and the next. And it was written by Martin Rinkert and Catherine Winkworth. Why didn't you say those in the first place? That helps. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Matt. Uh, go ahead, Matt. We gather together. Incorrect. I had to give it and a shot. I will throw it out to Don or Ben or Professor Hudson. I already answered. Thank you, Don. Half point for honesty. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. You got it, Andy? Well, I don't know. It's, it's German. I know that much. Uh, something to do with uh, now thank we all our God or something like that. I don't know what it is, but that's that is correct. Wow, wow. thank we all oh, our God, thank we all our God. That is it. <laughs> Unbelievable. Well done. Well done. I'm hoping, I'm hoping uh, it's four Professor Hudson, zero for the rest of you guys. <laughs> that's what I hope we end up with tonight. <laughs> we had to bring a doctor on as a guest. <laughs> Good grief. <laughs> well done. Well done.
<gasps> that was good. I you guys didn't pick up noon is now and got is God. Yeah, I That's can't believe I didn't the, get it. Yeah, it's uh, still I the guess. next question. <laughs> <laughs> question two. This more recent hymn penned by Getty and Townend have the following lyrics. For every day I have on earth is given by the king, so I will give my life my all to love and follow him. That is Can you say it again? John. What is Sweet Fellowship by Acapella? <laughs> Brilliant! Incorrect. Good guess, though. I will repeat the question again. This more recent hymn, written by Getty and Townend, include the following lyrics. For every day I have on earth is given by the king, so I will give my life my all to love and follow him. Jeremy. Jeremy. What is every promise? Incorrect. Any other guesses? I'm just waiting for the second part of the clue. Oh, yeah, that, right. I, I gave <laughs> yeah. it all. Part three. Gave... <laughs> yeah, right. The correct answer is one of my favorite hymns called My Heart is Filled with Thankfulness. Mm. All right. Did, uh, did Mary Chapin Carpenter do a cover of that? <laughs> for most recent Thanksgiving album? I, it's I coming. That's the third question. I have not... I have not the foggiest. However, question number three. We are now shifting, shift, shifting over to truth. All right. Less tunes, more truth. Question three. Where in the Bible is the first actual Thanksgiving ceremony listed? I, man, I'm bad at this. I, 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 gave, I gave you guys a question, and I said you've got to answer in the form of a question. What? What is your question again? Okay, this is the first actual Thanksgiving ceremony listed in the Bible. Can you give me the book or the chapter or even the verses where the first ceremony is listed, Matt, regarding Thanksgiving? Go ahead, Matt. I'm going to say uh, Cain and Abel when they brought their sacrifices in Genesis. Uh, good guess, but no. I guess they weren't thankful. <laughs> <laughs> I know Cain wasn't. I think Abel was. I think he had a good offering. Apparently, it wasn't Thanksgiving focused. All right, good. All right, one more time. The first actual Thanksgiving ceremony listed in the Bible is found here. And with, if you give more specificity, I will build in half points. So book chapter verses thanksgiving in three two one okay it's actually leviticus 7 leviticus 7 there's a ceremony what, is, what are you talking about no, just sharing what the word has. What was there a problem with that question? <laughs> Several. It was, it was ceremonial law. Leviticus seven. Yes, give us some context, please. 
Um, <laughs> they were required to have a ceremony that was focused on Thanksgiving, and it was established in Leviticus. The, the Israelites, the Jewish nation. A Thanksgiving offering. Thank you. See, I thought I thought you were going for Genesis chapter one when uh, Adam woke up and saw Eve. He was very thankful. Hmm. Brilliant. That's, yeah, that's I'll the give, correct answer. I'll give I'll give you half a point for that. <laughs> <laughs> this is I don't know if it's called the Thanksgiving. Is it? It's I see here as a as a guilt offering. Oh. Controversy. These are the these are instructions for the guilt offering. Leviticus seven one says, and then there's yep. another one. There's called a peace offering in in later in verse yeah. eleven. Mine now says go, fellowship offering. Go on fellowship because offering. it's between verses ten and fifteen. Ten and fifteen. Mm-hmm. Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll I, probably I have the, to push this off to the committee. I, this is this is I, 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 there's, there's too much controversy clearly. here. Not going to solve what it. version. What version are you reading for me, Jeremy? Is that is that uh, is that uh, the HIV version? What what do you got going on over there? Well, this looks like it's optional because it says if they offer it as an expression of thankfulness. So I mean, it doesn't sound like it was a requirement. Yeah. If you present your peace offering as an expression of thanksgiving, the usual animal sacrifice must be accompanied by various kinds of bread made yeah, without yeah. yeast. Yeah, if you don't a... want to be thankful to God, go ahead and don't offer it. <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So this is the first ceremonial Thanksgiving um, requirement mentioned in the Bible, Leviticus 7. So clears it all up. It clears it all up. Okay, before we get to the last question, uh, Professor Hudson is in the lead with 1.5, and the rest of you are at zero. I had a half a point for being honest. Yeah, that's right. My bad. <laughs> Another half a point. You're at a you're a full point. That's <laughs> true. Keeping me honest. Okay. Uh, Same thing here. If the more specific you can answer uh, this question, the more half point increments you can build up. Ready for this? Um, if you can give me the location in the Bible of this verse, points come your way. Here's the verse. For all things are for your sakes, that grace, having spread through the many, may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Definitely Pauline. Uh, Matt. Matt. Uh, I'm going to go with 1 Thessalonians. Uh, that is incorrect. But you're, but you're on the right track with your earlier thought. All right, one more time here. For all things are for your sakes, that grace having spread through the many may cause thanksgiving to abound to the glory of God. Um, book or chapter or verse. Hey, Don, 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 try the second one that I said. <laughs> Do the second one. <laughs> How long are we going on with this? I can't believe it. I don't know. I, I, I feel like, uh, I feel like, 
Westside Baptist is going to fire Andy for not knowing this because (laughs) (laughs) more controversy. (laughs) I think he's sitting back like he did on that first song. (laughs) Way to to dodge. (laughs) (laughs) He puts you out as a sacrificial lamb. (laughs) I'm trying to cheat. He doesn't even know the answer. All Professor had to say was scoreboard, Don. Scoreboard. <laughs> That's right. Michigan, eh? <laughs> All right. Time time is up. This is actually 2 Corinthians 4.15. Mm. 2 yeah. Corinthians 4.15. So we had four questions all related to thanks. In some regard, I, I, I agree some of them were tough, uh, but we do have a clear winner, our, our special guest, uh, Professor Andy hudson so um well done well done putting putting us to shame so thanks for thanks for stopping by and i'll turn it over to uh matt now all right well we uh we're looking forward to the uh kind of wrapping up our fix your eyes focus on prayer and uh it's uh it's though we've enjoyed andy throughout the rest of the podcast this is really the uh uh, the reason why we wanted him to join is just kind of share his thoughts on prayer. They were very formative back in the, in the Pillsbury days. And, um, so we'll just turn it over to you, Andy, whatever God's laid on your heart to kind of encourage us, uh, in prayer. Why don't you go ahead? Good. Appreciate the uh, opportunity to be on with you guys tonight. I uh, just want to say that before we get going here, uh, there's so much that could be said and, uh, maybe, uh, maybe just focus on uh, big picture concept. Uh, with prayer, uh, and, and maybe more precisely thinking about the various kinds of prayer that they are and how they fit together and how they relate to, to God. Uh, and we, we often think of prayer uh, primarily as uh, going to God and asking for things, uh, but there's so much more to it than that. Uh, we're, we're told to bless God or praise God. Uh, that's an aspect of prayer. We're, we're told to confess our sins uh, that's an aspect of prayer. Uh, we're told repeatedly to thank God. Uh, and, and so all of those are in addition to the concept uh, of asking for something. Uh, so I, I, I just want to focus on that a little bit. And I think this is where, where Jesus starts uh, on, on the model prayer that he gives in Matthew chapter six. Uh, and, and I think it's helpful for us uh, to think through that a little bit, uh, because I, I really think the depth of our prayer life is going to reflect the depth of our understanding uh, of the character of God, the nature of God. Uh, that's where it has to start. Uh, in in uh, Jesus's prayer in Matthew 6, he starts out saying, you know, pray this way, our Father who is in heaven, hallowed be your name. Uh, he starts out with a, a rehearsal of the uh, the characteristics of God, the, the character of God. And you think about, uh, you know, the God that we worship. Yeah, I, you know, I try to start the prayers that I pray with just praising God, you know, for his, his character, uh, his omniscience, his omnipotence, uh, his, his unchangeability, his love, his holiness, uh, the, the, those attributes. Uh, and, and, as well as his attributes, uh, his actions towards us, uh, his uh, sending his son to, to pay the price for our sins, uh, just, just uh, 
puts you in a mind that, you know, he can do things that no one else can ask. And I think that's what Ephesians 3.20 talks about when it, you know, says he can do uh, exceeding abundantly more than we could ever ask or think beyond what we could even imagine he can do. Uh, and, and I think that has to be the starting place uh, that we go to in, in prayer. If we don't know who it is that we're praying to, what's the point? Uh, you know, if you're, if you're praying to somebody who can't do anything about it, what's the point? Uh, you, you know, throughout scripture, there are people praying to idols, dead idols that are doing absolutely no good. They're praying, but it's absolutely no good. Uh, but we pray to a God uh, who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events, uh, who is infinitely aware of all things that happen, uh, real and possible, past, present, and future. Uh, and when we come to God uh, and we adore him for who he is, that puts us in a mindset, uh, that puts us in, in, in a focus that makes us want to do a couple of things. Uh, it, it, first of all, when I come before a holy God, uh, an omnipotent God, I realize what he is, I'm not. Uh, and his perfection highlights my imperfection. Uh, his uh, holiness highlights my falling short of his glory. So when I start my prayer uh, adoring him, I'm naturally led to confess that I'm not what he is, that I fall short of his glory, that I need his grace. Uh, and uh, it, it, can, can we ask him for his grace? Can we ask him for forgiveness? Yes, because again of what he's done through Jesus Christ. Uh, through Christ, he's opened uh, the, the door to the heavenly holy of holies so that we can uh, come boldly in to receive grace and mercy to help in time of need. Uh, so uh, I start out by saying, here is God, uh, and I adore him, and that leads me to confess uh, that, that I'm not him. Uh, it also leads me to say, if anything's going to get done, I'm going to have to ask him to do it. He can save people. I can't. He can forgive me. Uh, I can't merit any favor with God. I can't forgive my own sins and relieve the wrath that I deserve from God. You know what? I can't even drive from point A to point B uh, safely without his gracious working for me. You know, the fact that uh, you witty gentlemen are sane enough uh, and healthy enough and rational enough uh, to be able to communicate and put on a podcast means that God's grace is working in your life. Uh, we don't deserve any of that. Uh, so, the, it, you know, adoring God is the beginning of prayer, and it unlocks this need to confess. But also adoring God and knowing who he is, his sovereign control, uh, his, his omnipotence, his omniscience, uh, drives me to ask him to work. Uh, to intercede, to, to supplicate, uh, because he is the only one that's worthy of my request. Uh, and, and that leads me to say, I, I need him. I'm dependent upon him because he does things that I can't. Uh, and even in Ephesians 3, he does things that I can't even think about. I can't even imagine. Uh, so it, it leads us to, to uh, pray to him. If he weren't the God that he was, 
uh, we wouldn't ask. We wouldn't feel a need to confess. You know, if, if we create our own God, uh, who is our idol, uh, there's, there's no reason for us uh, to, to confess to him because he's just like us. You look at all of the, uh, the, the, the Roman and the Greek gods, uh, and, and they're basically sinful people. Uh, that's the image they're in. Why would I need to confess? I'm no different than them. Uh, you, you know, you, you watch some of your uh, uh, modern movies with superpowers, you know, unrealistic, but those, you know, they, oh, we'll ask them, they can do something about it. They can save the world. Uh, well, in a movie they can, but who is that in real life? Uh, not the God that I created, but the God who is the God who created heaven and earth. Uh, so it, it starts with adoring God, and that leads outward to this confession and this asking uh, God to, to work, confessing that I need him, confessing that I'm sinful, confess, confessing my sin, and, and, and asking him to work in my life and asking him to work in other people's lives. Uh, that, that, that leads to that. But then uh, when we confess and when we uh, request God to work, uh, and, and he forgives and he works, that leads us to the next step, and that's thanksgiving. Because God did what I couldn't, uh, and God forgave me. God created a way for me to be forgiven. Uh, and, and that leads me to, to fall on my face and say, God did this. I didn't do this. Uh, and, and if God did it, why would I take credit? Uh, God did it, so I need to thank him for his work. And that's what you see throughout uh, Paul's uh, epistles. Uh, in, in, almost every single one of the Paul's epistles begins uh, with typical letter writing, but he, he crafts a thanksgiving. And, and every single one of them, you go through his epistles, and, and when he gives a thanksgiving, it's always to God. Uh, he doesn't uh, thank people. He thanks God for people. Uh, and, and why is that? Because he understands who God is, and, and because he understood who God is, that caused him to confess and to, to ask God to work. And when God uh, forgave and worked and saved people uh, and protected him and delivered him from uh, the, the shipwrecks and, and things he went through, he was internally thankful for God because God was the one who did it in his mind. Uh, and, and I think that's how that all fits together uh, in, in the way we ought to focus on prayer. We, we ought to start with uh, recognizing and adoring uh, and praising who it is that we're praying to, because that is the only way we're going to be in the proper perspective to, to confess and to ask correctly, uh, and, and ultimately then to be, thank God for the way he responded to our requests. Uh, and, and that's why I say our prayer life uh, is uh, the, the quality of our prayer life, the depth of our prayer life is going to be proportional to how well we know God. Uh, and, and if we don't know God, that's why we pray cliches. Uh, we, we heard somebody say this, uh, but if I know who God is, uh, I, I don't struggle with what it is that I ought to pray. Uh, because I know who it is that I'm uh, conversing with, in a sense. Uh, to, to me, that's, that's uh, rudder setting, and that's what you see in that passage in Matthew chapter 6. He starts out with, you know, hallowed be your name, and then what does he do next? 
uh, he, he, you know, give us our day, uh, this day, our daily bread, lead us not into temptation. And, you know, he starts asking for stuff uh, and, and uh, even confessing it there, your kingdom come, uh, was, he, he, he asks. Uh, he, he doesn't mention in that passage uh, thanksgiving uh, in Matthew chapter six, but it, it's certainly part of his perspective on prayer. Uh, so I, you know, I think that's the best place to start with prayer. Uh, it's the best way we can summarize prayer. I mean, there, there are 15 million details you can go into, but I think uh, that, that sets uh, the course for how we ought to think about prayer. Uh, and if we want to develop a, a, a deeper prayer life, it starts with knowing God. Those are my humble thoughts. And I appreciate the opportunity to share them. No, we're grateful that you shared them, Andy. Thank you. And I think we've heard quite a few good thoughts uh, throughout the episodes we focused on prayer and certainly as in this last one that wrapped up. Uh, there's a song. Um, it's called I Will Wait for You uh, by Shane and Shane. And it's actually a song taken right from Psalm 130. And I think it's a fitting close to our focus on prayer. And uh, it'll be the song that closes out this episode. So. Darkest places I will call Incline your ear to me anew And hear my cry for mercy, Lord Were you to count my sin?
That's a wrap on episode 44 with a special Thanksgiving and prayer focus on this, the 22nd day of November, year of our Lord, 2021. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix Podcast and comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix Pod. Join us on our journey.